welcome to a brand new, all new, super refreshed episode of Cracking One Open. That's right. We've just come back from vacation from Universal Studios, Orlando, Florida. <sighs> home sweet home. And then we have to come back here to this cold shithole. <laughs> new was England. That was cold yeah. the first day. <laughs> From 92 degrees to coming back to 40 degrees. It was a little different. A little jarring. <laughs> Not going to lie. Uh, but we're here. And we're here to talk about beer. So have no fear. <laughs> you just coming up with this like the on the fly? The beer is here. I'm pretty impressed right now. <laughs> to all your jeers. Wait, those are bad. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You, you'll workshop that for later. So this year, there weren't a bunch of new beers. There weren't that many new beers. There was actually a surprising lack of beers, in my opinion, compared to past year's offerings. I don't know about that. We had, I mean, they had some standbys and they did have some normal ones that like, what seemed like they were going to be seasonals, but they just still had it this year when we came back. Mm -hmm. uh, but there were some different beers. So... Why don't we jump into uh, the winner of last year, NBC Sports Bar and Grill, mm -hmm. at least the winner in my opinion, uh, had two seasonals. Yep. The 862 seasonal mm -hmm. and the 862, I believe, IPA. Yes. Uh, both were okay. The seasonal was... Um, well, you loved the Kolsch. That was the one that you loved. I loved the Kolsch from last year. And that was like a berry Kolsch. Mm -hmm. And that was really good. This year it was like an IPA kind of drink. It was okay. It was very kind of standard. Yeah. Uh, um, I got West Coast vibes from it. Yeah, it was kind of West Coasty. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't like, ooh, yeah, oh, okay, that's different. It wasn't memorable. <laughs> and they had a cask beer that they had just opened, which I guess they do every week or every Thursday. Which I was one. not a fan of just... Purely because of the temperature that it was served, unfortunately. So because it's a cask beer, it's served pretty much room temperature or cool. Uh, and it's it's a little flat. It's very naturally carbonated kind of mm -hmm. a thing. And so, yeah, it wasn't really into, at least wasn't really into that. Not much I am. Uh, but I thought it was pretty good. It was a cherry beer, which I kind of, when I asked what was in the flask, she said it was a cherry beer. And I was just kind of pressed for time in terms of ordering at the bar at that point because it was very busy and our waitress was kind of running all over the place and I said yeah okay I'll have it and then I was really scared about it but uh, actually she was nice enough slash he hates cherry I don't like cherry uh, so a little bit goes a long way with me so I was like kind of resigned to my fate and then you know randomly <laughs> she comes over she has a little sample she's like here's the sample of the thing just let me know if you like it before you uh, you want the whole thing which I thought was very nice of her because I kind of resigned my fate to like having it yeah but I didn't do it in like a huff and a puff kind of way just like oh I'll take that so it was really good though I, I thought it was pretty decent the cherry wasn't overpowering no it you did let nice... me take a small sip and I was I was pleasantly surprised <laughs> it wasn't like a super fruity beer mm -hmm. like the cherry was maybe a very hint at the end at the very very end of the taste uh, but I thought it was actually pretty good it was a nice light IPA, which is this, this hint of cherry just waiting at the end. Not too bad. And then we had another beer, which was the Whole Hog Pumpkin Ale. Yes. 
this was on draft at Halloween Horror Nights mm-hmm. in a bunch of different places. Halloween Horror Nights was... Um, they have kind of these pop-up kiosks. Yeah, they kind of went above and beyond this year in terms of their food and drink offerings. Yeah. Usually it's two mixed drinks and then two specialty cocktails around the park. Mm-hmm. And then one that's actually just a mix of the two of them together. This year there were probably maybe a dozen, 10 to a dozen, I would say. Easy. Different cocktails and numerous different beers on draft uh, and and White Claws and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had two of the beers, which was uh, the Whole Hog Pumpkin Ale. Well, can I just hit pause for a second? Okay. Since this is kind of a different format of our, our normal episodes, I, I've noticed that we still haven't cracked any beer for ourselves. Oh, you are absolutely right. Oh <laughs> my God, what a faux pas. Honestly, though. Can't talk about beer without having beer. There we go. That's much better. Much better. I was thinking about drinking a pumpkin beer for this episode, but instead I'm drinking a crunchy roll because I really <laughs> like the crunchy roll and we have some in the fridge. Love the crunchy roll. I am drinking it though in a Margaritaville glass, so it's appropriate. <laughs> so the whole hog pumpkin ale I thought was really interesting. It was completely lacking in pumpkin though. Yes, very much so. Oh, I got another faux pas. No, cheers. Cheers. It had like no pumpkin flavor, but it, what it did have was an incredible pumpkin pie crust flavor. Yes. All those spices that you would expect. Yeah. This shit was completely graham crackery filled. It was just like you're eating that crunched up sweet crust mm-hmm. uh, in a, in a cup. It was really, really good without being overly sweet. Yeah. It wasn't cloying. No. In fact, it might've been even just a tad dry to give you that kind of impression of like a, a crust. It almost, it almost came off as a cider. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. Yep. The way ciders are kind of dry and Mm -hmm. and like kind of in that kind of zone. Absolutely. So I thought that was really good and really interesting. Uh, It's not a pumpkin beer that I would go back to like a thousand times, but I did really enjoy it. Yeah. I think the pumpkin is what makes it a little bit more refreshing in a pumpkin beer. So like I like my, you know, pumpkins, which is still very crust heavy. I like my shipyards, which is very just pumpkin and like my Rosemary's Baby, which is pretty pumpkin as well. But I thought they were pretty good. And then you had uh, more, than, more than I had. I just had a sip, which was the Hacker Shore Oktoberfest. Yes. So this was actually one of my favorites from a couple years ago. I wanted, well, a couple of years in the, in, within the span of our podcast, we covered that as an Oktoberfest beer. And it was like by far and away one of my favorites. So whenever I see it on tap, I'm really excited. It's an excellent Oktoberfest. What makes it so great? The maltiness, the the balance between the the maltiness, the sweetness and the nuttiness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it's perfect. The mouthfeel, it, it's like very round. It, it's just overall a, a, an excellent beer. I will say it was way better than the Dufftoberfest this year. Which we talked about last year. And You're we really about, hating on that Doctoberfest. Last year we loved Doctoberfest, or I loved Doctoberfest. I, I I think you still do like Doctoberfest. Yeah, maybe I was maybe I had rose rose colored glasses on, but I really didn't feel like it was as different as you perceived it to be. See, to me this year, Doctoberfest felt overly sweet, like it was trying real hard to give you that malt. Mm-hmm round that like that malty sensation 
but it was just pumping it full of just like sweetener, like artificial cereal, kind of like, it's just got to be sweet and malty. So are we talking like just overly like sickeningly sweet or like a sweet in like a Truvia or a Stevia kind of way? In like a sickeningly sweet kind of way, as much as you can make a beer that's not like like a beer that's like an Oktoberfest sickeningly sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've never had a sickeningly sweet beer that wasn't an IPA or a sour or something like that. This was, I think, the closest I've ever come to finding a malty, grainy beer like an Oktoberfest mm-hmm. that was so, so, so sweet. It was just really heavy and filling, um, not really all that refreshing. That part I will agree with. Yes, it was not refreshing. <laughs> yeah, it was just like usually, like especially in the heat. And and last year it was far hotter than it was this year when we went down. Mm-hmm. Even though we went down around the same time last year, it was like hundred degrees every day. This this year Literally. it stayed in you know the mid to upper eighties, early early nineties, mm-hmm. and or low nineties, not early nineties. <laughs> And we're still sitting in the same place, the Duff Toberfest, the Duff Brewery, which if you haven't gone, the Duff Brewery is awesome. It's, it's so amazing. Cool. It's, it's like so much fun. Outdoor bar kind of thing. And beer garden. I just sat there like this is too heavy. It's too sweet. I don't want to move. Am I gonna be able to walk to them through the mazes? Like it's just like Aww. ugh. And I don't remember it being that way last year. I remember having a Deftoberfest and going, Can I have another Deftoberfest? And I just think it's just a little too sweet this year. And and I'm, I really think it changed from last year's recipe a bit. I could be wrong. I could be looking at Dufftoberfest with rose colored glasses last year, just <laughs> going, ugh, it's so cool that they make a Dufftoberfest. But I really don't think that's the <laughs> Was point. last year the first year that we tried it? No, I don't think it was. I think it had been there every year except for maybe the first year. Okay. So th- that me- that's why I don't think it was rose colored glasses. I just don't think it was very good uh, comparatively. Unless your taste buds have just evolved since last year. Maybe you thought I it was hate great sweet last stuff year. Even less. I don't know if that's possible. I've never really been a big sweet kind of guy. Mm. But maybe. Maybe I am getting more older and grouchier in my taste buds. My taste buds are like, get that candy shit away from me. <laughs> but I really don't think that's the case. But maybe. And then last, but certainly not least, on the Halloween Horror Nights Beer Trail. Mm-hmm. There was Voodoo Brewing Company's <laughs> Lacto Cooler. Yes, there which was. was. Absolutely their version of Ecto Cooler. And I think we teased it on the last episode that we were going to try this. Yes, we did. And it is awesome. It definitely meet my expectations. It's not a complete one to one on the Ecto Cooler drink. Like the high C that you would expect it to be. Yeah, but it's close enough. You could definitely tell, oh, I know what they're they're trying to evoke that flavor. Mm-hmm. It's green, which is awesome. Uh, it's a little bit more of a a lighter green because it's got that lactose in it Mm -hmm. that lactose imparts a sweetness that I I loved I thought was great yeah I didn't I mean even though it's in the name I didn't expect it to be quite as prevalent for some reason but it really worked yeah it it was prevalent Mm -hmm. (laughs) it it was a really nice sour it really took some of the extra sting away maybe Mm -hmm. to make it a little more juicy than it normally would be and actually maybe in one case for using the lacto it made it more refreshing yeah yeah i can see that because it might have calmed down a lot of that soury juices that the ecto cooler is because the ecto cooler is just really citrusy fruits yeah all combined into this like citrus fruit punch kind of a thing and 
that lactose really helped calm it down, really made it a great drink to walk around with and do the mazes mm-hmm. because it wasn't an overpowering, like heartburn inducing, that was drying yeah, sour. Be one of my comments is generally a beer like that would send up a red flag as far as giving you major heartburn. Oh yeah. Oh, major heartburn. Major heartburn. <laughs> uh, yeah, it would definitely have done that. And it did not that I can remember. Which Although pretty much everything gave me heartburn over vacation. So I don't really know. And I can also say that it did not like, I know this is one of the things we always consider when we're having like a hypothetical beer outside mm-hmm. is it did not get worse as the temperature went down. It did not. It, it did not lose like the, the tasty goodness. Do you think that's because of the lactose? Because lactose kind of works when it's warmer as well. Ooh, interesting. I'm not sure. That it kind of protects flavor? I'll have to pay attention the next time we're drinking another beer with lactose in it and see how it tastes as it comes down to room temperature. I'm sure we'll have one soon. Interesting. Yeah. No, oh, it's yeah. wintertime. It's going to be a lot of sours with the lactose. Lactose is coming. <laughs> Generally speaking, lactose does make a beer a little heavier, so. Mm-hmm. In the winter time is where you want to experiment with a lot of your lactose sours and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm really excited to have my last Barrier Brewing's Salted Caramel Kick and Knowledge Milkshake IPA that we had, I want to say, at least a month ago. It was a couple months ago, but yeah. Yeah. Time has flown by, maybe even three months ago, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what is time even? Um, but yeah, I feel like that's going to be something really nice for this kind of early fall, like cooling down time. Oh, absolutely. You look at it. And I'm absolutely keeping my eye out for the pumpkin version if they release it. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that one. Mm -hmm. Because we missed it last year. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I think that was one of the standouts this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a high bar and it kind of met it. It wasn't as close as I thought, but if I really want closeness, I know a lot of people do. I'm not going to shout like say this is the best one because I've only had a couple of the ecto cooler ripoffs now, but Alver- our local brewery, Alvarium, our most local that makes it, yep. makes an ecto cooler that always sells out in the first day it releases. <laughs> but it's pretty much spot on uh, the old juice box. But I know their mm-hmm. recipe was inspired by another brewery who did it and it sold out and it made like nationwide news that they had originally created oh. it. And then a lot of breweries kind of went with it from there. Because so I believe that brewery kind of maybe didn't give their full recipe, but basically high C basically let out some of the recipe. And so a lot of people have been trying to, you know, mimic that, mimic it and emulate it. Cause it was pretty much the best selling juice box in the world mm-hmm. when we were little and a little bit before that Absolutely. Uh, from the real ghostbusters, the cartoon show. <laughs> and while this wasn't a one-to-one, I think that it's cool how they kind of made it their own yeah. while still honoring Ecto Cooler. So I thought that was really nice. Uh, so it definitely met my expectations. Another beer that met my expectations. Duff, yo. I might not have liked Dufftoberfest, but I did love me my Duff. It's true. And Duff Light. And Duff Light. Duff Light was a nice respite from a full tummy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you want to keep drinking, but you don't want to feel super full. The, the Light was a nice, crisp beer. With a decent amount of flavor. It's probably a little heavier than most light beers, I would imagine. A little bit, yeah. Because it did have so much flavor to it. But I it, mean, to be fair, I mean, I want something a little heavier than Bud Light. Yeah. 
I don't even know if it was a light beer. <laughs> that's actually, yeah, I that's a good point. The way to describe it is like it's a it's a golden lager. Yes. And then yeah. the Duff is an amber ale. So I wonder if it's not even light. It's just a different type of beer. It's just a contrast. Yeah. Because, yeah, if you're going from Duff to the other one, it's like, oh, yeah, it is a light beer. But it's not really a light version of the same recipe. So interesting. I got to And it does have a lot of those kind of like again. floral, like noble hop qualities. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's a light beer now that I'm thinking no, about it. No, yeah. But it is a, a lighter beer than a, than a Dufftoberfest. Mm-hmm. Or a Duff, rather. But the Duff is just so good. It is such a nice, refreshing, well-rounded, balanced, weedy, grainy, not too sweet, not too bitter beer mm-hmm. that's perfect. The perfect ale for drinking on a summer day. Like, Very well put. I mean, almost all the beers you have at Universal need to be perfect for drinking on a summer day. It's crucial. <laughs> <laughs> and almost no matter what time you go, it's going to be here you go. summer or mid mid fall at the, at the coldest. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really good at kind of balancing that line. Whereas a lot of times some amber ales that I love would be too, a little too much for maybe like 92 degrees sitting outside in the Duff, mm-hmm. you know, brewery area, because let's face it, Moe's is small. There is a Moe's in the park, but it's not very big. You're no. lucky if you get to sit at the counter and then you're going to take your beer and kind of walk around in the, in the cups. The only place you can really sit and relax is a round Duff brewery. So you're going to be outside because like you said, it's a beer garden. It's nice to have a beer that's heavy enough to feel like a nice, well-rounded ale, but light enough to not weigh you down or make you sweat your brains out while you're sitting there <laughs> drinking it. So I Duff is still probably one of my favorites, if not my favorite at the park still. But that wasn't the only beer. And that wasn't the only beer at studios that we had. No, it is not. Because I had... The Dragon Scale again. Congratulations. Because I <laughs> didn't up. remember which. <laughs> which one was which. So for those who don't remember our other Universal episode, they have three beers mm-hmm. that are Harry Potter exclusive because nothing says Harry Potter like alcohol. They also make their own yeah. whiskey, which I didn't try this year, which I was supposed to try and I didn't try. I guess one of the things is taking that and throwing it in your butter beer and making a fiery butter beer or something. Uh, or one of the fire other, whiskey. Yeah. The other beers. Yeah. Um. So I got to try their fire whiskey. Apparently it's kind of like fireball, but better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I had the dragon scale thinking that was the regular one and the witch's brew. There's the witch's brew and the hogshead. And I believe the witch's brew is the IPA and the hogshead is the red ale. Yes. It's because you had the witch's brew mm-hmm. and I got the dragon scale thinking <laughs> that fool ordered the wrong thing. And then I got this, <laughs> this out and it was nice though, because it was our first full day in the park. Mm-hmm. It was getting toward the end of the night, so the it wasn't a Halloween Horror Nights night. So they so were we didn't open get later. Out, yeah, we they weren't kicking anybody out because we didn't have tickets for that night. And it was getting darker. It was a little breezy. You could tell all the Floridians were like freezing because it was seventy five or seventy <laughs> degrees. But it was still nice for us in our shorts and short sleeves. Uh, and we were sitting on the bench in London because we couldn't find any place to sit in Diagon Alley proper. Mm-hmm. For those that don't know, when you're in Universal Studios. It's kind of a big circle, but when you're walking around the Harry Potter area of the world, it just looks like London mm-hmm. and you have to enter a building and go through a brick wall and you exit out into Diagon Alley, which is really awesome, uh, which is a huge part of the park, Diagon Alley. But unfortunately, we couldn't find seats. So we went and sat on a bench in London 
London. <laughs> you sound like you're from London. London. And unlike last year where I kind of begrudgingly said that it was that was okay, it was nice when you were sitting in the shade, but it was still a little too hot. Mm-hmm. It was kind of miserable drinking that beer. Because it was a stout and it was probably 105 degrees and we sat in the shade, which probably made it 90 degrees Mm -hmm. when we were sitting in Diagon Alley, just on the sidewalk or not even the side, in the middle of the street, basically pressed up against one of the buildings. Uh, This year, it being probably 75 degrees Mm -hmm. um, with a nice breeze, the stout was far more drinkable. It is a light stout. It's just too much for summer weather. But I can see during the, you know, the the holiday season for Universal, it be, it would be a big seller because that is a perfect oh, beer for 100%, them. 100%. Yes. It's not very heavy. It's got a lot of, like you said, it had a lot of cocoa nuts. Mm-hmm. It's not super coffee heavy, although there's a little bit of coffee you get. It's very cacao and yes. not in a heavy kind of way, kind of that pure cacao, the mm-hmm. bitterness. So it's got a nice bitterness to it and it doesn't have. But I feel like it also has just a little bit of spice, not. Not all of like pumpkin spice spice, but some of those warmer, like maybe nutmeg or allspice, just a little bit. I could see, I don't know about the allspice because it's all encompassing, but maybe, but I could definitely see the nutmeg that you're talking about. I could see it have a heading nutmeg. It wasn't overly sweet either. Mm-hmm. Cause like you said, it was that cacao kind of it was, it was a little bitter and not sweet, which helped not weigh you down. Cause I think that's another important thing about a beer in a park. You still want to ride the rides. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's what you're there for. And even then, you're not getting shuttled around a trolley the whole way. So you still have to walk, especially if you're drinking on Harry Potter World. It's at the back of the park. Mm -hmm. So you got to walk the rest of the way sloshing. (laughs) (laughs) You would know. (laughs) I did that during uh, the last two roads event. I was sloshing because I had too much to eat. (laughs) Um. So yeah, I, I found it much more refreshing this year and actually a very good stout. Uh, if we were there, like, I know we want to go there for Mardi Gras this year because now we're annual pass holders. So we want to go down there for like a, a little weekend thing and just see what Mardi Gras is all about. I don't know what temperature it's like there. If it's like October, I think it's still pretty warm in March. Like they only have two cold temperatures, two cold months, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it is a chillier day, I would absolutely get that stout again and not just yes. by accident this time. <laughs> I think I would get it on purpose. Knowingly. And what did you think about the witch's brew this time around? Honestly, it was great. It seems to be a pretty consistent recipe. I didn't remember it any differently from last time. Very enjoyable. Although I do prefer the Hogshead Red Ale at the moment because I'm kind of like in that mood. I'm glad you're in a Red Ale mood because I love Red Ale. <laughs> but yeah, I would still say that Red Ale is the best of what? The superior. Of what the Wizarding World has to offer at this yeah. point. But who knows when they open Wizarding France, what specialty beer or drink they might have. Ooh, if they, they have Epic a Belgian, Universe. maybe? Maybe. Maybe. France isn't really well known for their beer scene. Their beer scene is pretty light. Yeah, exactly. Right now. So a Belgian or like German, more German styles would probably make sense just to kind of give you something different. Mm-hmm. So we did take an excursion down. To Disney Springs. So this is a little cheating. Yes. <laughs> but technically it counts. It's still on We're vacation. Ca- yeah. And it's still like within a 15 minute drive from Universal. Literally. And we didn't have to pay to go to Disney to go to Disney Springs. Woo-woo. So, I mean. And the fact that I got this at Jacques, which I didn't know until this year, was Jock Indiana Jones's airplane driver mm-hmm. from Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
So I was like, hell yeah, we're going to Jocks. And at Jocks, they're pretty much just a bar with a little bit of tapas stuff, a few bar bites. Yeah. They're really more like the hangout place you go before or after your dinner. Exactly. We had a mixed drink, which was a dead monkey or something like that, mm-hmm. which is like a tiki drink in like a dead monkey tiki type. Uh, the glass, glass was so <laughs> cute. Like I the drink sounded good, like even before we got it. But if you had told me that it was coming in that glass, I would have been like, yeah, sold. Let's do it. <laughs> Done. So it's it's like a tiki monkey with its like head chopped off, kind of like in the Temple of Doom. <laughs> um, but it's a cute tiki mug. So it's not like a dead chimpanzee monkey with its head tapped off and so that drink was really good and then i really wanted to try the beer while we were appreciating the decor and stuff of jocks and it's it was called a kungaloosh spiced excursion ale kind of their exclusive it like- is yeah its status on untapped is uh or this is beer advocate it says the status is retired but that might just be because they no longer sell it anywhere but jocks uh, hmm. It is from Concrete Beach Brewery in Florida. It's listed as an American Amber slash Red Ale. Uh, I don't know how accurate that is, but this is why. Because it's an African-inspired deep amber ale brewed exclusively for Walt Disney World. So that might be, again, why it says retired. You can't get it anywhere but Disney World. Okay. With sorghum and a special blend of spices, including cinnamon and cardamom. And that cardamom yeah. really shows through. It's lovely. It is. Like well, the first review says it doesn't have a lot going on, which is fucking ridiculous because uh, this has a lot going on. This beer is super dark brown, maybe even like a dark brown red. Mm-hmm. It was it's a little dark in jocks. It's like an airplane hanger um, theme, but it really is kind of this. Dark, dark beer with a brown sugar note and like almost a burnt brown sugar. Mm-hmm. And then the cardamom and the cinnamon like hit you and pummel you. And I was going to say it like to me, it came off as more of a spiced brown ale than anything. Yeah, absolutely. It really is like this torched, like they took all the spices and, and put like a fire on them. And then you're drinking it kind of like some of the tiki drinks I've made in the past with like mm-hmm. the cinnamon and stuff on top that you put yeah, the, yeah, the fire yeah. on top. Mm-hmm. It really gives you that kind of that, that evocative kind of fall spice flavor, but it's not necessarily fall, but it's different and it's interesting. And it really is a tasty drink that was fine. You know, in summer type weather, it wasn't very heavy. It wasn't super fall like, even though it was cinnamon and cardamom. Mm-hmm. It was a really, really cool beer. Now I couldn't sit here and tell you I'd have like a thousand of them. Yeah, but one was good. Uh, maybe after I'd, I'd started my second one, that might have weighed me down. But one was pretty good. <laughs> and then I think <clears throat> the best beer of show uh, for this expedition to Universal. Oh wow! Okay. I think one of the best things I had this year that was new mm-hmm. was the East West IPA by 1010 Brewing Company, which is also in Florida, I guess, also in Orlando, just a little bit away. Mm-hmm. I guess one of the bartenders at the Velvet Lounge in Hard Rock, the Hard Rock Hotel, where we were staying, uh, is friends with that brewer. And they had it on tap, maybe because of him, maybe it was just coincidence that they had it and he yeah. was friends. Um, but it was a really good 
American IPA with a tiny bit of a West Coast feel to it, mm-hmm. which is probably maybe why they called it East West IPA. Yeah. It wasn't super piney, but it had a little bit of that pine going on. Just enough to make it a little more unique than most like New England IPAs. Yeah. Uh, it was just like really, really interesting, really refreshing, especially uh, we stopped at the Velvet Lounge that night after a full day of doing stuff. Long day. <laughs> so it was like 10, 1030 by the mm-hmm. time we stopped in the Velvet Lounge. So it was really nice to have something really refreshing and crisp mm-hmm. and, you know, piney, familiar, but not like super boring familiar. Mm-hmm. And it was just like it came out super cold and crisp and nice. And I thought it was a really, really good IPA um, with a little bit of a West Coast bent. And it really surprised me because it was kind of something you wouldn't imagine having, I guess, at a fancy bar like that, I guess. Because it, it reminded me of the bar I used to bartend at where the beer selection was oh, kind of like, okay, it's okay. It's a beer selection. Yeah, we have an IPA. Yeah, we have, you know, a light beer. Yeah, we have a lager. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. You know, they had they didn't have to put a really cool beer in there. Um, you know, NBC Sports Bar, which has 64 taps, I think. Yeah, they yeah. Have, you have to put some really cool Florida stuff in there. You have, you really have no choice, especially if you want to be a sports pub. Mm-hmm. Like you better you better take me on a tour around your local beers. Yeah. That's why you would come to that kind of a place. Um, but a fancy place like the Velvet Lounge, which had like literally drinks with gold flakes in them if you wanted them for their anniversary. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, and so they don't, or they're just specialty drinks. Their cocktails were really good. You didn't have to have a very good beer selection. And I thought it was nice that they had at least that one choice that I thought was really interesting. That being said, it disappointed me that I might've had the last one because two days later when we went back, the keg was tapped and they had no more beer to replace it. No yeah. local beer to replace it. So I got a Voodoo Ranger instead. Which is Man. fine. It's fine. It's fine. fine. It's a fine beer. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's fine. A little disappointing. <laughs> uh, but I thought that was really good. I think, um, what was your number one beer that you had this year? You can choose new or old. Mm, honestly, that's going to be a toss up between... The regular Duff and the the Hacker Shore. Really? Yeah. Okay. okay. I, I wish I could put the Duff Toberfest in that running, but it's just not there. Oh, even and, for you. And, even though I enjoyed it much more than you. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it at all. <laughs> I'll get it again next year because I've liked it all the other years, but mm-hmm. I just some about it this year is so sweet. Interesting. Hacker Shore or Duff. Uh, I would also probably say Duff, just because I love me some Duff. Um, the Lacto Cooler is really good, and I'd really want to get it again if we were here. But I think that East West IPA from Ten Ten Brewing really like—I am not surprised. It was really good. I'd be more surprised if that wasn't your number. Your number one. I think Duff is still my number one. I think Duff. I would still choose Duff over that. Okay. Maybe I'd have to have them back to back. But yeah, that was an excellent beer, a really good, surprising beer choice, much like the Isla Nublar was last year, where it was oh, like, I didn't so expect good. that. I didn't mm-hmm. expect the the Berry IP uh, Kolsch from 862 either. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, the the Jurassic Park bear I didn't even know existed. So such a surprise to have. Um, yeah, I'm sad we didn't get to get it this year again. Yeah, well, we didn't really go to lunch at Jurassic Park. Just we weren't there for as many days as we usually are, so we had to kind of sacrifice sacrifice different things. We didn't even go to Volcano Bay this year, <laughs> but we did spend a day near the Hard Rock Pool, which was also a very nice uh, experience considering we haven't actually spent any time at any of the hotel pools in the the five years that we've been there. We went to the Royal Pacific Pool. Briefly. For a little bit. We hung out and we went to their beach bar. We didn't spend like a day of it though. Yeah. But yeah, it was really nice. We didn't have any beer there though, but we did have yeah. a couple of mixed drinks. Missed a couple of the beers. Love to go back, have those Volcano Bay beers again. Maybe they made some new ones. Very excited for what their epic universe they're open is going to have. Oh, bring it on. They're going to open the themed worlds of monsters. I just know that's going to be a big German beer kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Frankenstein's German. Uh, the Counts from what's now the probably like the Czech Republic. Transylvania. Transylvania. <laughs> I know he's from Transylvania, but like it's like the Czech what, Republic what it, yeah, kind but- of a place. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have a lot of like kind of that kind of Eastern European type beer styles maybe, but you're definitely going to have those German beers as Frankenstein's mansion is is going to be a place. If that, that's not. the town around it, you're going to have German beers mm-hmm. and that's going to be really cool. Wizarding world's going to be wizarding world, France. So it's going to be cool to see what beers they have there. Super Mario world for both. probably won't have beer, but if they did, I'd be very interested to see what kind of beer they would have. I would hope they'd have some kind of Japanese type beer and then how to train Ooh, your dragon. Probably yeah. But yeah, I'd be interested to see what they would have. Very excited for the next few years from now from Universal. But Universal still puts out new stuff all the time Mm -hmm. and open stuff even in Islands of Adventure and Studios. So I'm sure next Halloween Horror Nights with the expansion of their food and drinks from this year, it's going to be crazy next year. and There's going to be all new beers and stuff to try. So I'm very excited about going back. And if we get to go back for Mardi Gras, I'm sure they'll have a ton of new New Orleans style beers and stuff. Or at least... Uh, very interesting mixed drinks as well. Indeed. So that's all I got. Something to look forward to. Yes. And that's all I got. Well, then until next time, baby. Cheers. And thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, share it with your friends, and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackandwhenopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackandwhenopen, or shoot us an email at crackandwhenopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions, because we always want to hear from you. Yes, we do. (laughs) What else you got to plug? I've got... Audiobooks that I do, guys. I don't know if you've heard me say this before on the podcast, but <laughs> say what? I've got audiobooks. Fucking listen. I've got a brand new one. Drowning in Oceans of Black just came out. It is a thriller a mystery, dark mystery, I guess, with very mature themes. So uh read at your own accord. But uh it's not super violent or anything. It's just still deals with dark themes. Um, but it's definitely a very interesting mystery novel. And uh, I've got other ones like Progressive Entrapment, Coffee at Midnight, The Final Girl, which is really cool. Um, Just check out all those books, man. I list them every episode. I don't make money on them unless you buy them. And then, uh, yeah, 
Check out my other podcast, Forgotten Cinema, a podcast do my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or this film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about it. Maybe we don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own Forgotten Gem. We're available on ForgottenEntertainment.com, just like our podcast here, as well as wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so while you're there, you know, while you're listening to us, where you get your podcasts, rate, review, and like, because that all helps us grow. And uh, that's what I got. Well, then, a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Rickert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer and blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent much of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This month, we're checking out New Earths as we hop across the DC-verse on... Yet another DC animated podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family.